0: Hi, this is Paul Shepard and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast, where changing your mindset can transform your life in ways you can't imagine. Today's episode explores the resistance we can face when trying to heal anxiety due to wanting to keep the very habits making anxiety worse. Self-sabotage or something else? Let's explore quick hello to Jenna, who let me know how much she enjoyed one of my favorite meditations this week, the reset, recharge and refocus episode. I really do love that one. If you've not done it yet, then definitely give it a go. Now, there was a time in my life when I remember praying to God or to whoever would listen that I would do anything for them to take away my anxiety. I'll do anything for my anxiety to be healed. This is what I said. I wanted to be free I wanted a life. I wanted no more panic attacks. No more overthinking. No more exhaustion. Insomnia. No more social anxiety. That drove me crazy. I wanted to finally travel like other people. It was getting to the point in my life where I was stuck in a fixed anxious mindset where I believed I would not get better. This was it. I was stuck. The future looked bleak and I remember one day deciding... Actually, should I carry on or not? I had a lot on my shoulders back then too, and this wasn't helping at all. As some of you know from my history and other episodes, therapy wasn't quite having the impact I was hoping it would. Talking about my past wasn't quite giving me the tools and strategies I needed to move on from having an anxious identity. It was only when I began to explore anxiety holistically... Holistic means the bigger picture, by the way, that I found some rays of light. I actually found some hope. And as I began to make my holistic anxiety journey, I began to realize that elements of my lifestyle were making my anxiety much worse. The realization I could possibly heal my anxiety was exciting. Just by making some changes to my lifestyle, that was groundbreaking to me. This meant I could move on from trying to heal my anxiety by just thinking differently, as that was not working, and take back control by doing something practical. This was very exciting. Or so I thought. And you would think, wouldn't you, that I would drop what was making my anxiety worse like a stone. Those habits be gone. Nope. It became clear that I would do anything to get rid of my anxiety, but I won't do that. If that sounds a little familiar to you. That's meatloaf. Rest in peace. I could have sang that song title at you, but I want you to keep listening. On that note of keeping listening, please subscribe to the show. There is a little plus sign in the top of the Apple podcasts. If you press that. You are subscribed and you don't get to miss another episode. That reminds me, actually, I was talking to Jane at F45, a gym thing I go to this morning. She's telling me that she's going to use my meditations for a 40-day challenge to change her mindset and her life. That's quite exciting. Love to see what comes from that because together we're making 2022 our best year yet. Which is why I thought I would share with you some of the things that I have struggled with when it comes to making changes with the anxiety I was experiencing. I really did meet resistance. And maybe you'll relate because I do see these same struggles as some of my clients and my heart goes out to them luckily they have support and challenge to change any limiting beliefs or mindsets around the habits that they're trying to keep so we can move them on quickly so they can heal from the inside out and i would say that the top five that i struggled with and get to see most clients struggle with are these number one caffeine number two a regular bedtime three adding meditation and mindfulness to your daytime routine. Number four, exercise. And number five, junk food. Did you just hear that? Junk food. I'm still making it sound naughty, exciting, little adventure. And it's that type of mindset that creates resistance. So obviously, There's a little bit of tightening up still to do, even though I would say in general that junk food does not really feature in my life. I just don't like how I feel on it, to be honest. But it's one of those things I remember resisting very well. Let's explore a little deeper some of these to see what happened with them and what I did to turn it around. Hopefully you can relate. Hopefully you will find this helpful. Caffeine. I love the stuff. I just didn't know that I was necking too much, definitely too much throughout the day, putting pressure on my nervous system and preventing, more importantly, that healthy, deep sleep that I needed to heal. The reason is caffeine, as we may know, triggers small amounts of the flight or fight response, which with an anxiety disorder, I had repeatedly going on anyway anyway. I seriously did not need any more, but I was oblivious. I just didn't equate anxiety and caffeine together as an issue. Now, caffeine also has quite the impact on adenosine, which is important for sleep. Adenosine is a chemical that builds up in the body throughout the day to slow down neural activity and create drowsiness. Caffeine, blocks adenosine from doing its job, which means we feel more alert. Combine that with the flight or fight response and you can struggle to sleep as you are too alert. No wonder my sleep was so difficult and I had too much adenosine being blocked, which means it gets stuck within the body and it can build up overnight. And as it's not being flushed out, you know that groggy feeling you can have in the mornings? I had that repeatedly. I thought there was something wrong with me, but it might have been I had an abundance of adenosine in my system, which simply made me feel overly drowsy first thing in the morning. I never knew coffee did that. So not only was my sleep being disturbed, my anxiety being made worse, I was struggling to wake up. Now, when my insomnia reached its peak, probably in my thirties, I had to make a decision at some point. And I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you right now that I have never, ever actually stopped drinking coffee. I actually don't recommend that to too many of my clients because I like to promote reduction, moderation, but only stopping if it's causing a real problem. Now, many of my clients have stopped all together and report not only sleeping better, but feeling much less in the way of anxiety. And this is likely due to the fact that we are working holistically together. So there are going to be other changes that they have made, which has created a compounding effect on their anxiety disorder. But for me, I had to reduce coffee. I couldn't drink it throughout the afternoon because that was going to keep me up at night. When it was suggested that I actually stop drinking coffee, I actually felt a little anxious. What was I going to do without my afternoon hit? I was obviously addicted to caffeine, and the resistance was strong in letting it go. I lied to myself. The excuses came thick and fast. My inner child ego state was not having these changes at all. What if I feel tired? I can't have that. Well, how will I get through the afternoon? Am I even sure that caffeine is as bad as I read it is? Well, other people can handle it. Why can't I? There are people who have an espresso before bed and they can sleep perfectly well. I must admit, I've always thought that was a bit odd. You know, when you go for a meal and then suddenly you're offered a powerful stimulant that can keep you up for half the night. (laughs) But anyway, I did have to challenge my coffee addiction and I had to suck it up and do an experiment. I actually... This works for me quite well. Dared myself to see if I could go without my afternoon coffee. Small steps. So yeah, so no coffee after midday. Why after midday? Well, this is quite interesting. I also found out that caffeine has a half-life of around five hours plus, depending on the person and the type of coffee. But that can also still mean a quarter-life of 10 hours or so, of your endonucine being blocked or messed around with to prevent the level of sleep you need to refresh yourself overnight. I did reduce it down from midday, but it wasn't until I stopped drinking coffee after 10 a.m. that I really began to feel the difference in my sleep and also in how I felt. I do drink a light coffee 90 minutes or so after I get up, around about 6am I get up. Uh, This helps boost energy, but that is about it. Now I did find, excitingly, a new brand of coffee called Nootropics, featured on Dragon's Den, which contains adaptogens. Now adaptogens are herbs and mushrooms which apparently can help manage stress and reduce the jitters if anyone finds the effects of coffee a little strong. That seems like coffee is evolving and it'll be very interesting to see where it goes. Will I ever stop drinking coffee completely? Hmm. Well, you can never say never, but at the moment I don't think I need to. I sleep deeply enough according to my aura ring, which lets me know all my sleep metrics first thing in the morning and I don't feel anxious out of context at all throughout my day. Which brings me nicely to the next thing I really resisted. And that was going to bed at a regular time. Now, going to bed at a regular time, and I guess this is the same for most people, we don't tend to really think about it. It was not something that was on my radar for a long time too. In fact, it wasn't even a thing in my 20s or 30s to discuss how essential REM sleep or deep sleep was for cleaning out the brain and maintaining brain health. Yet as I began to find out how essential sleep was for the brain, there was this resistance to making a regular bedtime happen. It was like I wanted to have as much of an evening as possible. Now Back then, I was a huge consumer of entertainment. I was a big movie and TV series buff and I spent hours of my evening just soaking it all in. It felt good, I felt comfortable and that was enough for me, or so I thought. Looking back, I was not investing in my future self at all. I was caught up in a comfort zone trap, wasting my life away in front of a screen. I would say avoiding my future was also making me more anxious and without the personal development needed at a time to help me grow, my comfort zone became an actual uncomfortable prison. It was familiar to me, which is why pushing myself to make changes felt hard. We do like the familiar. Now back then, smartphones wasn't much of a thing. Thank God. I can't imagine what a possible phone addiction would have done to me too. It's an easy way to self-medicate and avoid reality just as the TV was for me. We can easily get lost in mindless scrolling, seeking something that we will never, ever find. Why? Because it doesn't exist on screen. It exists out here in reality. Now, Have you ever heard... Of Revenge, Bedtime Procrastination. This is where we draw out our evenings as long as possible to avoid going to sleep. We may feel as if we've had not a long time to relax so we stay up later or we want to avoid going to bed as it might feel stressful or going to sleep brings us closer to tomorrow which we may not be looking forward to. So revenge bedtime procrastination is the art of drawing out your evening for as long as you possibly can. One more video, one more scroll, one more check on social media. Let me just check my emails. Oh, have you got time to watch a little bit more of that TV show? And on it goes. Now I do remember in one of my old jobs, actually the last job I had before I started doing this full time, funnily enough, feeling very resentful of having to work nine to five with a very long train commute either way. And I was sat there on the train and I thought, "Poor, what the hell are you doing? I was wanting it to be the weekend already. And it was only Monday morning. And I sat there and thought about it. And I thought, well, I'm squeezing my life into three hours in an evening. And in a weekend... That simply went far too fast. I remember it to this very day, making a redecision decision for my future self, and that was that I was not going to be continued to be ripped off this way. I worked as hard as I could to remove myself from that monotonous treadmill and start forging a new life for myself. I just thought about that. I love that memory. You know, when we make a redecision? decision when we decide that enough is enough, We are going to make some changes right now. Sometimes we just need to reach that tipping point. Or have our beliefs brilliantly challenged. Which I did. And I began to learn that going to bed early doesn't mean I'm boring. It doesn't mean that I'm not living life enough before bed. I can do enough of that during the day. And I definitely needed to challenge, which I did, the idea that I was going to struggle getting to sleep, staying asleep, and that I was going to wake up feeling awful in the morning. And I have to say CBT was very handy for that. I had to learn the value of sleeping seven to nine hours of sleep and making it a non-negotiable the benefits had to be felt for me to want it more. What also helped was booking in early gym classes. So I had to be up at a certain time. Otherwise, I would miss the class. So therefore, naturally, I had to go to bed earlier. So 10pm is now the habit. It's now a non-negotiable. Actually, for me, it's the dream. Don't even have to think about it. It just happens naturally. I have a whole routine to enable deeper sleep, which I go through in a how not to be tired episode. And you can find out more about that there. But if you can relate to that and you are struggling to go to bed at a reasonable time so that you get a decent night's sleep so you can live the life you truly want to live the next day, definitely reach out to someone who can challenge your limiting beliefs around bedtime, around sleep, or anything else that's related. I couldn't put a price on it for you. It's totally invaluable. So the first thing I do after a really good night's sleep when I get up is I do yoga. My body loves to get a bit bendy first thing in the morning. And then I do meditation. Now, that is the next part of this podcast, because it was something that I really struggled with. Mindfulness meditation. And well done to Rachel, who I met with today, who has just started her meditation journey. Very, very proud that she actually managed to meditate. When like me, there was a part of her that was totally resistant to the idea of sitting still for far too long long or didn't see the value in it. What was it all for? It's a bit boring, isn't it? Or a bit woo-woo. I could hear my parent ego state coming in there and judging it as a load of old nonsense. I can feel my inner child ego state putting his arms folded in a very hunched up position saying, nope, I don't want to do this. It's a bit boring. Moving into the adult ego state, meditation is actually amazing. I think it's one of the coolest ways to train the mind to be present and have self-mastery i couldn't imagine a day without it but back in the day i was part quite a long time ago by the way i was part of a quite a big spiritual community i was young i was looking for a new tribe i was lonely and i was exploring the meaning of life etc and Uh, Hence, I joined a spiritual community thinking it would be good for me. Later on, I realised there were a lot of egos and dark side to being part of a community like this, and I was better off avoiding. But that's another story. So I used to hate meditation. Now, mindfulness meditation is one of these things which science backs up very nicely as having huge benefits for mental health, physical health. It strengthens the part of the brain for emotional regulation, and it releases a cocktail of mood boosting neurochemistry, including my favorite GABA, which helps calm down activity in the brain and nervous system. Perfect if you're suffering from stress or anxiety. It also helps create a different relationship with ourselves, our thoughts and feelings. As I said before, it's a great tool for developing self-mastery. Yet, I hated it. I never really fully understood mindfulness on its own either. What do you mean thoughts are not real? I was thinking, so surely it must mean something, surely? Well, nope, nope and double note. When I finally got it, I remember crying a little because I realized that thoughts are just thoughts. It was liberating. I could pick and choose which ones to pay attention to and which ones to let drift away like clouds in the sky. That was one of those moments in my life which was truly a game changer, which is why I'll always promote mindfulness and meditation always. But I couldn't sit still. With one eye opening now and then during a 10-minute guided meditation, I would keep looking around, waiting for the guided talk to be over. And then I would smuggly tick it off my to-do list and carry on with my day. Now, of course, I never got much benefit from that at all. And I had to work on something else first, which, do you know what? I've only recently found out has a name. Well, it's kind of a nickname. It's not official. Um, I was suffering from stress laxing. Stress laxing. You heard me. Can you relate to this? So what is stress laxing? This is where the body struggles to relax due to limiting beliefs around actual rest. This can manifest itself in many ways, such as multitasking whilst watching a movie, always trying to be busy, never being able to sit down and rest because there's always something to do. Um, when I used to sit there relaxing, my leg would twitch and I would start to think about what could I add to what I'm doing right now? And I suspect this might have come from living in a culture which promotes happiness and success as only achievable by trying to do as much as possible. We really do as a culture push towards burnout as a sign of success, as a sign of someone who really cares about what they're doing. They're pushing themselves to the edge and that is something we should all aspire to. I think you should only keep that going if you ever fancy ending up as one of my clients. For me, I was always hurrying up. I was always busy but strangely and sadly, mostly unproductive. I might as well have looked like I was a duck floating away on a pond, but you can guess it. Those little legs underneath the water were going as fast as they could to keep me afloat. I think it took quite a while for people to drum into my brain the value in rest and recharge. And I had to, again, challenge my beliefs. I made more time to train myself in mindfulness meditation without the expectation to feel zen-like in every practice. I really do feel that got in my way. I'm not relaxing, so therefore it can't be working. I'm doing it all wrong, and therefore I would give up a little easily. Quite convenient. Um, But the more I did it, the easier it became. And It's like going to the gym and exercising your biceps. You might find the exercises awkward at first, but with regular practice you will soon see the benefit and you will go on to do much longer sessions. Now, as I mentioned, I do meditation right after my yoga practice. I don't have to make time for it later. I've not got to squeeze it in anywhere. It's added onto something I already do. So it becomes a ritual. It becomes a habit. I now do on autopilot. The same with exercise and junk food, really. I won't go into them too much because we are running out of time. But in general, I had to change my limiting beliefs, my stories, my resistance, that inner child uh, who was blocking me from increasing exercise and letting go of junk food. And those challenges began to slowly create a new identity where I began to identify myself as an athlete, where I've just completed a half marathon and got a new personal best despite a very cold and chilly headwind preventing me from getting the time I really wanted better luck next time. And again, someone who might have a bit of junk food now and then, but the reality is I would prefer to have something else. Very quickly, was there a part of me that wanted to keep my anxiety? I think for sure. I spent decades being anxious and I couldn't picture a version of me yet without it. The future is unknown. And for some with anxiety, that unknown, that uncertainty can feel overwhelming. Who was I without anxiety? And that was the person I began to discover through working with my nervous system, helping my body heal. I began to see light at the tunnel for my future without feeling anxious. And again, I love the idea of creating a future self. Clients who work with me will know what I'm talking about, where you begin to focus on who your future self is, what habits do they have, what's their lifestyle like, how are they living? Because the more that we focus on, well, who are they? And I want to be where they are. We're more likely to adopt those habits now. Now, I didn't have that back then. I didn't really focus on my future self, but it would have been kind of an unconscious process because everything we do is about the future. It's all about heading in that direction. But by focusing on your future self and connecting with them, you are creating clarification and you are the designer of your future self. So if you really would like to heal your anxiety, be honest with yourself about which habits do you really need to let go of and get all the help and support you need to make those changes. Now, something I didn't have access to which would have really helped me was a brand like New Mind Wellness. They're a wonderful ethical brand, which I would highly recommend because they do a stress support formula, which is great for anxiety. These are supplements that you can take. They come in a tiny little sachet and they contain 23 ingredients, which include all your vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, ancient herbs, and flower remedies. These include the top essentials I recommend to my clients, which include ashwagandha, magnesium glycinate, and L-theanine. Now I use this product on a day-to-day basis and love the calm and focus I can feel from taking them if you would like to give them a try then please use the code paul20 in the checkout box for your 20 percent discount the link to the website is in my show notes if you enjoyed this episode leave me a review that would be really lovely of you thank you very much and you can also if you want put in the review what you would like me to cover in future episodes thank you so much for joining me and i look forward to connecting with you in the next episode